Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 2023 is the year of the quarterback. Has all day. Taking a shot. The galaxy of cannon-armed field generals taking the NFL by storm. Herbert with time down the sideline. Look in the end zone. Who will hoist the Lombardi trophy when the confetti falls? Oh, in trouble. Gets away. On Saturdays, it's a season of final acts. Caleb Williams throws the fade in the corner. Legacy programs are leaving their old rivals for new destinations. I'm inviting the University of Oregon to be a member of the Big Ten. The bitterness is everywhere. Prime time! Dia wins his first one. We chronicle it all right here on Sunday Morning Football. Only on CBS Sports Radio. A happy Sunday morning to you, everybody. September the 24th, 2023, coming off a wild day in college football. There is so much to dissect. We'll do it all coming up as well. NFL Hall of Fame legendary power back Larry Zonka will drop on by the show He was part of the 72 and 73 back-to-back Super Bowl champion Miami Dolphins. Could this year's Finns do something that hasn't been done in Miami since Zonka's squad? That's win a Super Bowl. We'll talk to Zonk coming up in 20 minutes. Also in 40 minutes, excessive celebration. Your best play-by-play action from yesterday's college football stuff. And also next hour, we'll have our Vegas virtuoso Amal Shah join us from Vegas to give us some insight on the lines today. Well, so glad you're with us. You can listen to us on so many different platforms and with the apps, the free Odyssey app or the CBS Sports app, also on Sirius XM channel 158. And you can stream us around the house. Hit up your smart speaker and demand it plays CBS Sports Radio. And thanks to the hundreds of affiliates around the CBS Sports Radio Network, for carrying Sunday morning football since we began this project six years ago. Yesterday, Notre Dame Stadium, South Bend, Indiana. Quiet first half for the Irish, but in the second half, finally Notre Dame's offense able to string some plays together. And then they took the late lead. This was a final drive 
for Notre Dame to get off the field once. Third and longs. Fourth and longs. A final play at the goal line. And each and every time Notre Dame came up short. And each and every time Ohio State made the plays. It's where we have to start as the Buckeyes' final drive showed their incredible resiliency for at least one magical night in South Bend. Let's kick things off with your Sunday gunslinger. In football's Wild West, he shoots from the hip. We need men like him to make towns safe for decent people. DA is the Sunday gunslinger. When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. All right, let's do it. Notre Dame hasn't won this game in a really long time. Notre Dame hasn't won this type of game 20, 25, 30 years. The type of game where a top five national championship caliber opponent stands in your way and Notre Dame proves it's up to the task. The Irish have not won this game in that long, but they had that chance. It looked like they would. Time and time again, they backed up the Buckeyes into really difficult conversions. And then one final play from inside the five-yard line. What is Ohio State going to do with three seconds left? Here's how it sounded last night via Paul Keels and Learfield Radio. McCord in a shotgun. Train him off his right hip. Two wide to the right. Snap McCord. Hands to train him. Straight in. Yeah. End zone. Touchdown, Chip Trainum. For the second straight week, Bogey. the converted linebacker finds the end zone, and that'll win it for Ohio State. Toughness. Toughness. That's it. Physicality, cross the board, finish it off, having guts. You know, like I like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. What he said about our team, what he said about our team, I cannot believe. This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio. And it's always been Ohio against the world. And it'll continue to be Ohio against the world. But I'll tell you what, I love those kids, and we got a tough team. No, I think that's definitely uh, the most animated I've ever seen him, and rightfully so. Uh, people were taking shots at him, taking shots at the team, and that weren't true. And, um, you know, I think we, we did a good job of just kind of staying quiet, but, you know, that was definitely fuel the fire behind if, you know, we said that, you know, that didn't bother us. And I think we came out here. And I think we proved a lot of people wrong, but the bigger thing is I think we proved ourselves right. Ryan Day after the game on NBC screaming about what Lou Holtz said earlier in the week when Holtz questioned the toughness of the Buckeyes and predicted a Notre Dame victory. That was Kyle McCord, the quarterback of the Buckeyes as well. Okay, a couple of things here. Number one, there were so many chances for the Irish defense to end this on that final drive. Ohio State converted a third and 10, a fourth and seven, and a third and 19 just on that drive. But the one that's going to be the most sickening is that final play. And Ryan Day, he can peacock and puff out his chest and talk about toughness all he wants. And no doubt that drive showed specific resiliency for McCord making a big throw after a big throw, and Ohio State marching down the field for the win. But Notre Dame had 10 men on the field, and they didn't have a defensive lineman lined up on their right side, which is exactly where the Ohio State Buckeyes ran the football and punched it in. I mean, are we really going to peacock about toughness 
when you won the football game because the Irish couldn't get a sub in? I don't know if Day recognized that, but I mean, not only did they have only 10 men in on the game-winning play, they had 10 men in the defense on the final two plays of the game. Final two plays, they had 10 men on the field. Now, after the game, Marcus Freeman said that he didn't sub in an 11th guy because they didn't have a timeout left and didn't want to risk the penalty. It's a half yard. You're on the one-yard line. It's a half-yard penalty. You're on the one-yard line. You don't want an 11th guy on the field? We don't want you to get Ohio State set up. Yeah, I think it's more important to have all your guys, all your defenders on the field versus allowing Ohio State to, to have extra time to, to prepare. I mean, that's a Marcus Freeman blunder. And also, what do you think Lou Holtz is going to say? I mean, if this is just Day using motivation, that's fine, but he seemed really perturbed about it. Lou Holtz is an icon in Notre Dame lore. I mean, is he not going to? It's it's like Corso or any of these old coaches. They're, you know, they're half punchlines. I mean, to take what Lou Holtz said so personally, I feel like, man, Ryan Day, get a grip. Anyway, it's a really good win for the Buckeyes. It's a really great drive by the Buckeyes, and it's a crushing blow for Notre Dame. That's the game that they always lose, and they found a way to do it again. And now, this game forever is not the Ohio State game. It's the 10-men game. Forever, that game is the 10-men game. How can you have 10 defenders on the field on the final two plays, two of the game? Can't even make it up. Yesterday was a reckoning for the Colorado Buffaloes as well as the Oregon Ducks absolutely boat raced the Buffs. This thing was over as it kicked off. Oregon hangs 42 points and Colorado to win 42-6. This is what happens at Autzen Stadium yesterday in college football. Rooted in substance, not flash. Rooted in substance. Today, we talk with our pads. You talk with your helmet, right? Every moment. The Cinderella story is over, man, right? They're fighting for clicks, we're fighting for wins. There's a difference, right? There's a difference, right? This game ain't going to be played in Hollywood. It's going to be played on the grass, right? It's going to be played on the grass. And back to throw. Going to go fade route to Franklin. He's got it. Touchdown, Orion. You gotta wait for the guy in stripes to throw his arms up, but you can see he made the catch on the fade, deep fade to the left-hand corner. And Troy Franklin, his fourth touchdown catch of the year. I don't say stuff just to say it for a click, you know, contrary to what some may say. But uh, yeah, I, get, I keep receipts. Uh, but I'm serious. I analyze and I understand what we're up against and what we have and what we need. One thing that I could say, honestly and candidly. You better get me right now. This is the worst we're going to be. You better get me right now. We were prepared for a battle. It didn't end up being a battle. But I've also been on the other end of this before, too. And I think that team's heading in the right direction. I think Coach is doing a phenomenal job. Obviously, he's brought great enthusiasm and uh, you know response from his players. And I know that they'll bounce back from this, uh, this game moving forward. On the same note, you know, I get a little passionate at times, right? I get a little excited about what I want to accomplish for, for our team. And I just want to say, you know, I need to humble myself a little bit. This is one game, right? And I'm not satisfied. He's very, um, you know, relatable. He's very easy to talk to. 
Um, he's great on game days. He's um, you know extremely laid back. Uh, he's a confident um, coach. So every time I take the field, you know, I know he's got my back. You heard Ducks play-by-play -play on Learfield. Of course, you know the voice of Deion Sanders. Early in that clip, that was Dan Lanning, head coach of the Ducks, who allowed the ESPN cameras in the locker room and Lanning pumping up his guys pregame saying, they're in it for click clicks, we're in it for wins. And Dion was told about this after the game and said, I'm not in it for clicks, but you better get us now because this is the worst we're going to be. Dion's right. Once he has full recruiting cycles, multiple cycles, the talent there should be much better. But I think Dan Lanning understood the moment, and I think a lot of opponents will understand the moment as well. When you play Colorado these days, there's more attention on you than you'll get all season long, maybe combined. So I don't, I don't blame Lanning for using Dion the way that Dion's used the media himself. It's all fair in love and war here in college football. If Dion can leverage the cameras, the microphones, the rest of these guys can as well, like Jay Norville and now Dan Lanning. The issue is Oregon's a much better football team, and Colorado is exposed as pretenders. Colorado's a great story. They have played three interesting games. Dion's a fascinating character, but specifically minus Travis Hunter, they stood no chance yesterday. And I thought the line being plus 21 was such a big number that Colorado's offense would be able to put up some points. I wouldn't surprise that Bo Nix went crazy against Colorado Every quarterback, basically, that's played him so far has. I was surprised Shador Sanders couldn't get anything going. I thought they'd put up at least three touchdowns. I really did. I thought this might be a 17-20 to 20 point victory, maybe a late score because Dion of the bus wouldn't want to be embarrassed. I, I did not think they'd blow him out by 35 points. I was very surprised that... Shador and the, the Colorado offense, which has been so good all season long, was completely shut down. And that's where Oregon really, I think, was impressive. And that game was over at halftime. And Lanning clearly wanted blood. He was out for blood. You know, they went for it on fourth down, deep in their own end. They were throwing the entire first half. They wanted to put up points. And they did exactly that. Finally today, this is a big one of the NFL and rarely is an 0-2 versus a 1-1 so big. But Jets and Patriots has a chance to define both team seasons and both teams' realities. Let's listen in. The snap, waist high, pressure-free punt, and it's a good one. Forcing Jones to backpedal right side at the 16th. Stab left, Brandon White, down the sideline, to the 40, to the 50, to the left, left at the 45, beats the punter to the 35-30, Marcus Jones down the middle to the 10, into the end zone, touchdown, no flag, touchdown, Patriots, way to call timeout, way to bleed the clock, and the special teams and the defense wins it for you. Yes, it's uh, New England, and uh, it's a division game, and, um, and the pass is the pass, but all our focus is on today, uh, trying to be our best version of ourselves so we can find a way to get this one on Sunday. I talk to Zach all the time. I love Zach. Zach's my guy. We talk, uh, you know, every single day and uh, pulling for him and just want him to go out and, and play uh, free and confident this week. Uh, you know, with uh, Miss Bill Belichick and the Patriots, Jets haven't beaten them in a while, so good time in the street. We're focused on the guys that are playing. That, that's who's going to be out there on Sunday. So, Aaron's a great quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, but 
we're going to focus on the guys that are going to play. You heard Patriots Radio Network, as well as Robert Sala, Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee, and Bill Belichick. This is really an important game for a couple of reasons on both sides. Number one for the Patriots, they're 0-2. If they fall to 0-3, the season's basically over. And also the Patriots have beaten the Jets 14 consecutive times, seven straight years at MetLife Stadium. They own the Jets. And so if they allow the Jets off the mat, minus Aaron Rodgers even playing in this game, it really has proven that the Patriots are toothless and hopeless at this point in time. This is what they've always owned. They've got to do it again today, especially against paltry Zach Wilson. On the flip side, the Jets come into a season with Super Bowl aspirations, and after four plays, obviously, those evaporate. Now, the Jets have talked themselves into it's not over yet. Jets fans have talked themselves into it's not over yet. The weekend ride with Zach Wilson. He can win some tight games for us. We're going to play great defense and run the football. He's going to manage games. We're going to be in the playoff hunt. And then who knows, maybe a Cinderella story where Aaron Rodgers comes back after this injury for the playoffs. I mean, there there have been those rationales around the Jets. But look, if you can't beat the 0-2 Pats in your own building after losing to them 14 straight times, then your season's over. But let's face it, if the Jets are ever going to get off the mat against the Pats, it would have to be here at home, 14 straight losses, what they thought was going to be a historic defense, and a Patriot squad that's pretty mediocre. You've got to win this game. Whoever loses this game, it's essentially game, set, match for the rest of the season. I don't know how you come out of a loss today and have any hope for either the Pats or the Jets. That's your Sunday gunslinger. When we return, we've got Larry Zonka, the great Larry Zonka joining us. Dolphins legends in Miami is 2-0 and and thinking whether they might be able to dream Super Bowl yet. Of course, we're a long ways away from that. The Dolphins haven't been there since the 80s. They haven't won one since the 70s. But a chance at home today in the early window to go to 3-0 and against a winless Denver Broncos squad. Let's ask Zonk how he feels about Tua, Mike McDaniel, and what happened with his old crew and why they never were able to to get back to win a Super Bowl since Don Shula in the 70s. That's coming up here next. D.A. Damon Amendolara here on Sunday Morning Football on CBS Sports Radio. And we'll come back with that after this. This is CBS Sports Radio. And as I mentioned, Sunday morning. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Football. NFL action begins next Sunday with the NFL Today, followed by a full slate of regional games. You'll say, you saw it on CBS Sports. It's Sunday Morning Football with D.A. Welcome back to CBS Sports Radio, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. D.A. with you. It's Sunday Morning Football and CBS Sports Radio. And our next guest is a college football Hall of Famer, as well as a pro football Hall of Famer. A five-time Pro Bowler, a two-time Super Bowl champion, and a recent author of the memoir, Head On, which he released last fall. Joining us this morning here on the program is the great Larry Zonka. Larry, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I always love our conversations. Thanks so much for joining us. And your Dolphins, the talk of the NFL, they've got a dynamic offense, and they're carrying over some momentum from making the playoffs last year. How do you feel about Miami's chances? I'm trying to take some credit for it, but I just don't know how to do that. <laughs> I've had a couple of conversations with Mike uh, or Coach McDaniel, but uh, I don't think he <clears throat> necessarily wrote down what I had to say. But <laughs> I'd like to take a little credit for it. I love it that they're doing so well. I didn't, uh, like you, I thought they would do well, and I thought these first two games they were lucky to be 50%, you know, split them. But they uh, they came through at the last moment, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of fun to have that kind of uh, enthusiasm this early in the season. Tua Tungavailoa is running an offense that's kind of high-flying, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, and et cetera. After your conversations with Mike McDaniel, how do you feel about him as the head coach and maybe his imprint on the offense and the team? Well, I'd be lying to you if I told you that, uh, you know, the comparisons I have in Shula and the, the old style of football, uh, you can't apply that to today. There's just too many things. There's too many rules. There's too many regulations. You can't take that old style of football and transplant it today. But you can transplant the enthusiasm, and I think he does that. He has very strict guidelines that he has to stay between compared to a vast horizon that Shula had at his, at his fingertips as far as discipline and how to work with people. Uh, so it's, it's a tough thing to be a head coach in the NFL today, much more complicated than back then. So my advice is pretty limited. But, you know, I, I, you see mistakes early in the season, throwing into triple coverage and things, uh, that's a very dangerous thing. Shula wouldn't have permitted it. Coach McDaniels has to put up with it because it's part of the, part of the deal. You didn't always have a smooth relationship with Don Shula. When you look back, do you think that was a product of a youth? Or was there something in your two personalities that didn't always mesh? <laughs> we, uh, even when we did mesh, it was a, a grinding of the gears. There wasn't much <laughs> grief between <laughs> two uh, strong-minded Hungarians. We both wanted to win, and I think that commonality uh, ran through the team. We had 50 or 55 guys that all wanted to win, so they would put up with whatever they had to put up in order to get up the mountain and do it. And once Shula was sure of that, once he knew that all his personnel felt the same way as he, then you could go up the mountain. But before that, he would weed you out. And I, I think that's perhaps changed a little bit on the, on the approach to the game today. But 
that's the way he was, and that's the greatest difference I see. You know, it's tough to take that kind of personality and transplant that into today's game. I don't think it fits. Hmm. Uh, you can have the drive, you can have the motivation, and you hope to get the players together that share that, but you can't motivate them the way he motivated us. It's, it's a different world. Larry Zonka, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Do you think that has anything to do with why he won fewer games, went to fewer Super Bowls, his effectiveness might have waned as his career went on into the 80s and 90s? Um, yes and no. I, you know, that's a hard thing. I'd have to be an, a coach with experience in the NFL, and I was not. I was a player. And I had a player's outlook and mentality when it approached those kind of things. But... You know, changing times, there was a time at, at one point when Don Shula's style of coaching fit what the jig was for the NFL. And, you know, he was a, a serious uh, guy on the rules committee, too. So, you know, you got to think about that. The rules, uh, you know, he, he knew the rules frontwards and backwards. And as a result of that, he knew how to push his team in each direction and when to do it. So that kind of mentality, I you know, I don't know, take that and try to apply it today, perhaps, but, uh, well, we'll never know the answer to that question. When you were playing for the Dolphins, you wanted to win badly, but you were sharing carries, Mercury Morris, Jim Kick, et cetera. If you had it your way back then, would you have taken every carry? Was that ever a source of frustration? Well, Shula made it plain to us, and so did Coach Arnsberger, Schnellenberg, all the assistant coaches. We needed to put forth the best effort with the best person that fit the, the moment. If it was third and, and five or more, that meant that we needed a, a guy with speed that perhaps could go to the outside or we could fake that and come back to the middle. We had lots of opportunities. They had to decide that. We had the personnel. Was I envious that I didn't get to carry? Yes, I believe in myself, and I always wanted to carry the ball. You know, if, you had a, if I had a choice, I'd, make, I'd carry it every down. But I didn't. And you had to, to rely on your offensive coordinator and your head coach to pick the best play. And I think those two guys, uh, Schnellenberger and, and Shula, were two of the best at it. Did you ever think after you guys won in 1973 to go back-to-back, back, 50 years later we'd be talking about the last Dolphin Super Bowl championship? <laughs> no. I thought, uh, I really, when Marino came in and, uh, you know, I was first freshly retired, I really thought that team was uh, going to go and do some things, but uh, well, it was just—it was just a little bit shy. See, that's why it's so unusual that you get a team, particularly a team together, that goes uh, back-to-backs or you know, best team in the history of the hundred-year uh, history uh, to go undefeated. The only team to do that. So you know that there was something special, and the times we fit the times, and Shula fit us, or we fit to him he molded us to him so it all came about in one instance and you know for that to be the top team in a hundred year history of the nfl well that says it all right there larry zonka our guest here on cbs sports radio in your memoir head on you talk about some of your zany teammates and some adventures that you had (laughs) can you still have zany adventures in 2023 when social media is what it is and there's cameras in every phone. I would be lying to you if I told you that I didn't enjoy Sundays because I get online <clears throat> with a lot of the um, Miami fans or followers, and I start making a few comments about what I'm seeing on the field. 
some good, some bad. Uh-huh. You know, I'm very supportive. I'm a Dolphins fan. Make no mistake. I follow the Browns. I follow several teams that were keynote in my life during the time I grew up. But I, my heart belongs to Miami, and if they're playing, I'm I'm watching. But I, I make comments. You know, it's not always good. Uh, sometimes when our quarterback throws into triple coverage and forces it, even though they made the reception, I start to question, you know, bad snaps, <laughs> uh, you know, glaring errors that Shula wouldn't have put up with. He would have just gone. He would have exploded on the sidelines if we had done something like that in a regular season game. So, <clears throat> yes, I'm a very avid fan, and I get a little nuts, but I enjoy getting online and talking about it, and some of the older fans jump on there and start commenting and remembering with me, and that's a lot of fun. Who was the wildest personality that you played with? Oh, gosh, think about the people I played with. Jim <laughs> Kicks, uh, Nick Bonacani, uh, Larry Little. There, you know, it's uh, there was such a great combination of players and and uh, ethnic backgrounds and uh, uh, just a lot of different people came together, but they all came together. You know, when you have a great leader like Ashula and you have assistant coaches like we had, Arnsbarger, Schnellenberger, the great ones, they all have a commonality, and, you know, you all adhere to one plan. And, you know, whether you're the fullback, whether you're the right guard, whether you're the middle linebacker, it doesn't mean everybody is the same. If, you got, if you got, you're asked to do your job, and if you do it, then you're a leading citizen. If you don't, then you get replaced. And that's the way it was. And everyone understood that law. I'd like to see that come about. Well, that may be the only time in history that that ever matched. And that's why we went undefeated. I wonder if, I'm curious, are you supportive of the running backs now that are like, hey, we deserve to get paid more? Or are you like, guys, you're making 11 million bucks a year and holding out. I would love to have that problem. (laughs) you're asking me to comment now on something that's uh, 10 times what it was or 100 times what it was what I played, but I was the guy that jumped the leagues, remember? It took yeah, the other money. So, sure. uh, you know, for me to throw rocks at the parade, uh, <laughs> you're kind of asking for the wrong guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess yes, that's true. Uh, I, I guess God bless true. them. They make what they can make. But I like to see good football as a result. And for good football, we'll pay top dollar, but it's got to be good football. When I see fumbles and missed snaps and throwing into triple coverage <clears throat> and broken coverages, no, I don't feel like I'm getting the most for my money. If I'm getting the most for my money as a fan, then I'm all for it. The memoir is Head On, authored by the great Larry Zonka, College Football Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Famer, and a member of the greatest team ever, the 1972 undefeated Miami Dolphins. Larry, I always love it, man. This is one of my favorite conversations. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. My pleasure anytime you call me, all right? All right. Thanks again, Larry. Nothing like spending a Sunday morning getting ready for football, right? With Zonk, one of the greatest power backs of all time. Total living legend. Great interview. I always love my conversations with Zonk. Feel very, very fortunate to be able to have had him here on Sunday morning football a couple of times. And then my own show, weekday mornings on CBS Sports Radio. So always fun to visit with Zonk and it's been a while, man. 72 and 73 are now 50 years ago. The last time the Dolphins won a Super Bowl, they got back there in 82, lost to Washington, returned back two more years later in 84. That was Dan Marino's lone trip, lost to the 49ers, and haven't been back since. This year, you got a good team early. Offense is rolling. 
And the Miami Dolphins looking to go 3-0. and oh, They can pull off the win later on today. They've got the Denver Broncos coming into South Florida. And this portion of the show brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck at a timeshare? Want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. Well, yesterday was billed as the best college football Saturday over the season. We'll see if that holds throughout the rest of the year, but to this point it certainly was with so many big games and some great crazy finishes as well. When we come back, let's relive some of those with excessive celebration, your best play-by-play calls of yesterday's college football games. That's next year on Sunday Morning Football. DA with you, Damon Amendolara here on CBS Sports Radio. And when we come back, as I mentioned, excessive celebration. This is Sunday Morning Football. You have a reservation for year-round excitement with CBS Sports. Your ticket to action. It's Sunday Morning Football with DA. And with us, everybody, Damon Amendolara with you here on Sunday Morning Football, heading into week number three of the NFL season coming up here. Next hour, Amal Shah is going to join us, our Vegas virtuoso, to look at today's NFL lines. We'll also tackle the biggest stories of the day coming up at the top of the hour as well, including Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss having a wounded Alabama Crimson Tide at their feet and being unable to finally get over the hump yet again. Plus, the Chargers season is on the line. Brandon Staley taking a lot of heat in L.A., As head coach of the Chargers, they take on another winless squad, the Vikings, today. So that's coming up here at the top of the hour as we head into week number three of the NFL season. Of course, week number three has already kicked off on Thursday night when the 49ers dispatched easily of the undermanned Giants on Thursday night football. But Sunday morning football gives us a chance to reflect on some of the crazy moments on Saturday before they're overwhelmed by the deluge of NFL news. And so... We like to call this segment coming in hot. Sorry, excessive celebration. <laughs> Let's do it, guys. We've got excessive celebration standing by our best play-by-play calls of yesterday's action. Say I did the deke, I did the fake out here. I'm like Dion in a high step, Barry Sanders through the hole. You know, go one way, juke the other way which is what happened yesterday across the field in Austin Stadium as the Oregon Ducks put up 42 against Colorado. I thought that maybe we'd get one of those headlines or highlights for today's excessive celebration, but instead that one was a blowout. So let's go inside the tighter games of yesterday's college football slate. The soundtrack of college football chaos. The announcers losing their minds. We've got a bunch of folks down there. He caught. He caught. He caught. He caught. It's excessive celebration. Touchdown yesterday, the Florida State Seminoles, ranked number four, headed to Death Valley to take on the unranked Clemson Tigers. Now, this one is so interesting. You have a top five team against an unranked team, and yet 
The line was less than three. The Seminoles were favored by just two and a half points at Clemson. History was on the side of the Tigers. And maybe people didn't know whether Florida State was as good as its record, nor whether Clemson had fixed the problems that it dealt with Labor Day weekend against Duke when it lost 28-7. And yesterday it looked like Vegas knew what they were talking about as the Clemson Tigers held a seven-point lead late third quarter. They were driving for more. They put up another score. They had momentum. They'd be up 14 in the fourth quarter, heading into the fourth quarter. But instead, everything flipped. Momentum flipped on a blitz, a sack, a fumble, and a score. That took us to overtime as the fourth quarter was a draw. And then in OT, Florida State won. Here's how the action sounded on Learfield Sports. Play action, Klubnik. Blitz coming. Klubnik trailed. The ball is loose. It's a fumble. It's picked up by the Knowles. Deloach the other way. 40, 30, far sideline. Deloach, he's got a convoy. Trot in there, baby. Flip the script. Big play alert. Touchdown, Florida State. Touchdown, FSU. Travis takes a step, lofts it towards the corner of the end zone for Keon Coleman. He's got it. Death Valley has just been rezoned. You're now a part of Keon County. Touchdown, Florida State. Touchdown, FSU. So Florida State survives, and there's so many takeaways from this game. You know, Dabo has got to look in the mirror and ask about coaching, his own coaching. At the end of the first half, he was upset with his own defensive coordinator. In the late part of this game, they were playing for a field goal, and on third and long, instead of letting Klubnik throw the football, they ran the football to just try to, to make sure they got the field goal. Instead, botched the field goal because their field goal kicker was a guy that wasn't even going to be in football this year. He had a job lined up in New York, but they had, had no kicker. Dabo doesn't want to go into the transfer portal, so they had to bring this guy out of retirement, and he botched it. And then, you know, in overtime, again, questionable play calling. And this offense ends up succumbing, and Cade Klubnik does not look like a great QB right now. And you know, Dabo's got to look in the mirror because the Clemson Tigers are no longer a team that's competing for national championships. They are now 2-2 two and two with two ACC losses. They're 0-2 in conference, and they had a chance to sew this thing up and put them away, and they just couldn't do it. Yeah, there's turnovers. And yes, there's execution mistakes, but there's coaching mistakes all over the place for Clemson as well. And that one is going to sting for a long time for Tigers fans as Florida State escapes and they were on the ropes yesterday. Meantime, LSU lining up for a late field goal and the win. Here's Chris Blair on the LSU Radio Network. The snap, placement down, kick is up on its way, and it is good! LSU leads 34-31 with five seconds remaining. And how about how LSU was taken to the final gun by Arkansas? The Razorbacks just two and two. LSU needed every second of that game. Jaden Daniels had four touchdown passes, but it was that late kick that finally lifted LSU. And that was close. That would have been a brutal loss. LSU was playing at home last night in their own version of Death Valley, and yet it was a 31-all game late, and they needed that late field goal to finally pull ahead. 
That one is going to leave, I think, a lot of LSU fans scratching their heads because they just couldn't shake Arkansas all night long. K.J. Jefferson with a touchdown pass late in that game, about five minutes to play to tie things up. But Arkansas wasn't scared. They were not scared of that challenge, and they nearly pulled off the big upset over LSU. But the Tigers survived number 12 in the country, 34-31. Finally, how about some history here? Not only what happened on the field, but also that we're playing it and accepts a celebration. This is the first ever play-by-play call from Canada's U-Sports. So it's their equivalent of college football. Here's the Manitoba Bisons. This is the first female ever to score a point in Canada's U-Sports as Maya Turner lines up for a game-winning field goal for the Bisons. This is audio courtesy of Canada West. Can she go two for two? It's up and it is good, no doubt about it. Maya Turner from 21 yards out. The Manitoba Bisons take a 27 to 24 lead. That goes nuts. Andrew Sweeney to tie the game. Is it gonna be enough? It's not gonna be enough. The Manitoba Bisons have won this homecoming football game on the strength of Maya Turner. Maya Turner is the game winner for Manitoba. The first ever female to score points in a U Sports football game is also the player that wins the football game for the Manitoba Bisons. And you can't draw it up any better than that. You gotta love the enthusiasm from Canada West. Did you wake up this morning assuming that you would hear a Manitoba Bisons highlight? I think not. It's why you do this. It's why you do this job. And that is your excessive celebration. That Clemson game is just crushing on so many levels. It's just crushing for Clemson. And Dabo is always going to be glass half full, optimistic, will be fine. But I think it's it's hard to make that case when you wake up this morning in South Carolina if you're a Clemson fan. And it's hard to wake up today if you're a member of that coaching staff or in that locker room. Because for all of the good that maybe you did in the first half, and as it looked like you were going to pull ahead by two scores heading into the fourth quarter, after that strip sack, after that play, it all came completely apart. And once upon a time, Clemson A didn't miss a blitz and then fumble the football that goes back the other way for a game-tying touchdown. But also they're able to withstand it and make some plays after it. And they just, they didn't do it. They didn't do it at all. And I, I just feel like there's confusion on the sideline with that coaching staff. I feel like Dabo maybe has been exposed as a game manager and a head coach as being somewhat mediocre in, in those regards. And that when he doesn't have a next-generation quarterback like Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence, those things come to the head. And he, you know, we start seeing a little bit more, more starkly that he, he doesn't have that ability because there's just too many times yesterday that I'm watching Clemson going, what's going on there? Are they, are they in synchronicity? Are they, do they have the same the same plan? Is everybody on the same page? It feels like because Dabo's your rah-rah motivational guy, 
he has dispensed so much responsibility to the offense and defense to his coordinators. But if the coordinators are questionable, then there's no real answers. And maybe that's what's happening right now. But Clemson falls to 0-2 in the ACC, blowing the lead yesterday. When we come back, now we're coming in hot. As Notre Dame loses the heartbreaker last night and Lane Kiffin still can't get over the Nick Saban hump. It's next, DA, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.